Welcome, lacrosse fans, to Lacrosse Link, the second ever episode. I'm Tanner Fetch, joined by Stephen Stamp. We got an exciting one this week. We're talking to the senior A commissioners across Canada, and they're going to inform us about what's happening with their leagues moving forward. We also answer many of the questions you've been wondering about, asking about here on the rundown section. So stick around to the end because that's where some of the action is. As well, if you want to stay in the loop, hit the bell, like, share, tell your friends, tell everybody because you want to stay informed. You want to stay in the loop here at Lacrosse. Beautiful play, Aaron Gray. He is having himself a tournament. So he's definitely uh, physical, um, athletic, and somebody to be watching for. The middle, it just bounces off. But it's picked up and scored. As promised, we are joined by the commissioners of both of Canada's senior A leagues, Paul Del Monte from the Western Lacrosse Association and Doug Louie from Major Series Lacrosse. We have a series of questions we're going to get to. Obviously, very disappointing for everyone that the seasons have had to be cancelled, but life goes on. Preparations begin for next year. Tanner, do you want to uh, lead off with some questions about what went into this whole whole decision-making process? I sure will. So, gentlemen, this kind of is for both of you here. Can you guys explain in greater depth what the factors were that forced you to cancel this season and the Man Cup? And why did you have to make the, this decision now instead of maybe waiting to see how the vaccine rollout happened and the new uh, phases that the government is introducing to potentially open up a season and or a Man Cup played out? Doug, I'll, uh, I'll get started here. I mean, you know, first and foremost, you know, Doug and I have been in regular contact for several months now. Uh, and uh, so this decision doesn't come without a tremendous amount of thought and, and consideration and consultation with our own governors and uh, analysis of our own provincial health authorities direction and the situations in our provinces, which are, which are a little bit, you know, different right now. Uh, and, you know, so, so that's number one. Number two is, you know, you look at the provincial health regulations in British Columbia specifically, adult indoor sport right through the May long weekend, which is this coming weekend, is limited to a maximum of two people. So that's 22 and over with two people only. And there's no indication uh, from the government at this stage that, that number is going to jump, you know, to 102 or 52 or, or even anything that would allow a team to, to practice, let alone play a game. So a lot of it would have been speculative on us to go, oh, we hope and possibly and what if. Uh, and, and our teams uh, insisted that they needed, you know, six to eight weeks to get ready for a season. You've got practices and training camps and players traveling into town that may not reside here on a regular basis. You've got potential for quarantine. You've got investments in arena time and equipment and uniforms and so forth that have to be done, you know, well in advance in order to, to start a season. Uh, and uh, and we'd even formulated a delayed schedule as as Doug and the MSL did to start uh, around July 1st, which would bought it, which would have bought us some more time. But at the end of the day, it, this part of it's just being practical and and reasonable and and not um, waiting until you know uh, the middle of June to make a decision to start two weeks or three weeks later. And, and knowing that as a league, we felt that a minimum of 12 games would would be the the amount we would have to play in order to constitute a quality uh, uh regular season and then and then qualify playoff teams that would be able to compete for a man cup and and the timelines and the other variables that i factored in were were clearly an issue 
Yeah, very yeah. much like Paul uh, Paul said, we've been in constant communication uh, with each other and with our leagues. Um, we uh, we had to look at all the factors, and I think there's you know two main things that um, that come to mind right off the bat. Number one, health and safety of the players, bench staff, fans, and, and anyone associated with our league. Um, health situation is a little different in Ontario. Um, it's changed quite a bit from day to day or week to week. Um, it wasn't until today that Ontario actually opened golf courses and uh, and gave out their rollout plan for uh, stage one, stage two, and stage three. But I think the two items come to mind after uh, after the health and safety of all the participants is also the sheer economics. Um, trying to go as long as we could to save a man cup for 2021 um, just became um, not very feasible based on no fans in the seats. Um, hosting and, and traveling the man cup is a two year commitment um, that we need a full season, uh, ideally, and even the partial season would have made it difficult to, uh, to maintain the. Uh, the expenses over a two-year period so so we've been aligned from day one on that and unfortunately we had to uh, make a decision sooner rather than later and and i'll add just one you know final comment obviously the economics are the obvious one and as a host you know they need to be able to uh, afford to put on an event and, and, and the team is that travels it's it's really a seventy-five thousand dollar investment to travel across the country and and uh so the other thing is traveling uh, even amongst ourselves. So I'm not as familiar with the various health regions in Ontario, but Doug tells me the teams are located in, in different health regions in, in British Columbia. Uh, the, the island health region is different than, than a couple of health regions in, on the mainland. And so that would have precluded us from playing two of our teams in our league because there's right now through and through next week, no travel between health regions. And there's no indication that that's going to change drastically in the coming weeks. So I'm curious what's next if there's, I know Ontario Junior A has put something out saying they're hoping to have some combines or uh, showcases for their players to get in front of scouts from, you know, senior teams from MLL teams and things. Is there something that you might be able to do this summer or is it already on to, to planning for next year? Doug, why don't you segue into that? We've, uh, yeah, thanks, Paul. We, um, we have put together a, proposal um, to our governors that's been accepted to, uh, as soon as we're allowed to we set a time frame of uh, a five-week window sometime between mid-August and mid-October um, to, to get up back on the floor with our teams um, in uh, in an effort to see the young players that with the loss of two seasons with drafted and protected players um, we haven't had, had an opportunity to to see those players on the floor. So um, I think that the WLA is doing something very similar, but we've, we've got this plan in place. Um, we're waiting for um, official announcements from the health departments in the, in the province to say we can go ahead with this plan. Yeah, and on, on our end, one of the things we had always had as a plan B or plan C was a, a tournament style format, either as a regular season schedule or as an alternative to a regular season in lieu of not playing for an Ant Cup and with a plan to try to do that in August. Our governors decided on May 13th that that was not something they wanted to pursue. Uh, it was discussed at length around the ability to do that. 
uh, keeping in mind there's travel costs associated with having our island teams participate. We had an appropriate venue in the Langley Events Center. The capacity there is 5,200. They've got uh, two uh, turf floors. They've got ample dressing rooms. That would have been the logical fit, but the, the feeling was that that wasn't something they wanted to pursue. So alternatively, like Doug, you know, like we're hearing in Ontario, you know, there is a some discussion around uh, you know junior so a showcase event, uh, young w, you know, upcoming WLA players. We have two years worth of drafts now and players that we haven't seen. In addition to having to draft again next year, so there there is some interest in doing something in conjunction with our juniors uh, in probably late August, uh, perhaps early September, but more likely late late August would be what we'd be trying to do, and we'll be meeting to discuss that in a couple of weeks. What would you need to do? Uh, you've both mentioned the the ramp up to a season. There needs to be preparation for for players, particularly so that they're not going in and everyone getting injured by trying to play at a highly competitive level right away. What kind of ramp up would you need to be able to do something like one of those uh, short seasons or some kind of alternative play that you've talked about? Yeah, I mean, for us, uh, you know, probably uh, uh, I would say, you know, no less than two to three weeks and more likely four weeks, right? No one wants to put a team on the floor in, in short order. We are cognizant of uh, the players' fitness levels and we want to make sure that they're they're conditioned and ready to go. And not everyone has the same off-season fitness routine as others. Uh, and we want to put a quality product on the floor. We just don't want to throw a bunch of uniforms on some guys and play. So, you know, it would be super important for us to maintain the integrity of our game and our brand and our teams uh, and if we're going to do something, do it right, which was part of the discussion amongst our governors uh, to to not proceed with that plan, at least currently. Now, there's drastic improvements in the coming weeks and direction from our health authorities that everything's changing. Uh, great. But everything I'm hearing, even beyond lacrosse uh, in other sports that play in Vancouver and around, uh, around Western Canada, is they have plans to delay starts of their season as well. So uh, I'm not I'm not sure that we're going to be quite there. And whether it's for the tournament style um, that you guys are speaking of or for next year, how do you rekindle or maintain these relationships with your sponsors? Because I know these leagues are sponsor-driven leagues, right? And a pandemic would have hit those sponsors as well. And how do you just rekindle that and, and make sure that the sponsors are on board, whether it's for the tournament or next year's season? Yeah, I mean, so I've already said the WLA is, is opting out of the tournament format, right? So one of the, you know, certainly one of the considerations we had, had was economics. And part of it is, of course, we're, you know, we're ticket driven as well as sponsor driven. So, you know, we do want our fans in the stands. Our players indicated they want to play. But we're also very sensitive to the fact that our sponsors and businesses have, have suffered as well. You know, a lot of them are local or regional sponsors that have long lasting or longstanding relationships with our teams. Um, you know, it was inappropriate and unfair for us to go knocking on their doors when when they had their own challenges. So, uh, the good thing about lacrosse, I think, it's uh, there's a strong, passionate, loyal fan base. We've been regular touch uh, contact with our fans through the clubs and the league, and and you know, certainly we we believe that this is an opportunity to springboard into making some great improvements to our game, to how we connect with our fans, and 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 coming back even stronger in 2022. We know there's an appetite for the game. Um, and, uh, you know, we believe strongly in the passion and loyalty of our fans and, and we're going to uh, do what we can to deliver great value to them in 2022. Yeah, we're very similar. Our club, our clubs, um, have some real concerns with maintaining their, uh, their sponsors from the past and, uh, and securing new ones, um, based on a lot of lost businesses and, uh, 
lost revenue for those sponsors. Um, at the league level, um, since we made the decision to uh, cancel the season, we've reached out to our league sponsors um, when we're fortunate enough to secure a couple more um, to have discussions with them to stay with us through the uh, 2022 Man Cup. And so far, it's been uh, pretty positive feedback from the sponsors there. They're not going to bail on us, so we look forward to working with them going forward. Paul, I believe you mentioned the draft for next year. Obviously, that's one of the next things that everyone will be thinking about. You've had two draft classes that haven't gotten to be together with their teams. Any thoughts, early thoughts on how the draft would work next year, whether you stick with the same draft order or do some kind of lottery or just any ideas about how the drafts might be impacted by this? Yeah, well, certainly that was uh, um, um, a hot topic of discussion amongst our governors. So we we uh, arrived at where our operating policy directed us last year, and that was to follow the reverse order of the previous season. And so for two years in a row, we did stay with that order. Uh, I, I I don't have a vote on the uh, amongst the governors. It's the seven of our governors that decide. Uh, I suspect strongly that it would be a, a lottery format. I'm speculating, but based on discussions I've had with a number of them, I think they realize that two years out now from the game, that in, in fairness to the all seven teams, there's a, a, a likelihood it would be a lottery format, and you know everybody has a ball in 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 the, in the box, and they get pulled out one on the one at a time and see how it falls. So, but that would that would be determined for us, uh, you know, uh, not not in the coming weeks, but probably in the coming months, uh, you know, either at our annual general meeting or or in advance of that, if the governors want to make changes to the operating policy. Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, give you a heads up, but we we had that great debate prior to the last draft. I can imagine uh, we're going to be having it again uh, very soon. Um, we are having some discussions about uh, expanding to seven teams. Uh, we have a couple of applicants now, so we're going to have to deal with that uh, prior to uh, the draft order because we'll obviously have to have an expansion draft in, in the meantime. So uh, uh, th th thanks for giving me the uh, thought in my head. Now I get to work on that. <laughs> Always glad to help. What do you think of the possibility of the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League? They have a really good senior B division. St. Albert Miners have won several President's Cups and some of their other pinnacle franchises could be wanting to join the senior A ranks and that quest for the Man Cup. Would you entertain this idea? And if so, what would it look like? Something similar to the Minto Cup or the West plays to then take on the East? Or what are your guys' thoughts on this idea in, in general? I'll let you go first. Oh, thanks, Paul. That's, uh, that's not an easy one to answer politically, but uh, having gone through that process uh, at the junior A level, um, when uh, Alberta got involved in the, uh, the Minnow Cup, um, I think uh, there's a lot of thought that uh, needs to go into that. Um, I think one of the, the biggest features of the Man Cup is like, like the uh, Grey Cup, the Man Cup is an east-west rivalry that um, is pretty important to the heritage of our game, um, not to exclude any other uh, province or MA. Um, we did hear some news or some uh, some chatter a couple of years back about 
the FNLA, First Nations Lacrosse Association, wanting to compete for the Man Cup, and uh, it kind of kind of went away for the last little bit. But I anticipate that that uh, that may come sometime down the road, whether it's you know in a year's time or five years. Uh, I would expect that conversation will come up again. Yeah, and and I think you know in the in the betterment of the game, you know, the more teams that participate, the better, you know, uh, and and I say that you know as a you know coast to coast strategic uh, outlook, and you know uh, my interest, and in, I think it aligns with Doug's, and that you know we want to see the growth of the game, um, but I'm also respectful of the tradition of the uh, West versus East Man Cup, uh, and uh, I think currently there's. Um, uh, the talent pool needs to grow and grow at a high level. Uh, you know, Ontario clearly has a, a much broader base with which to draw. And, and, you know, I would, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but Ontario's second team could probably be a, a, a competitive third in a, in a man cup. If it was a three team league, uh, if not by for the win for the championship. So, uh, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, anything's possible, you know, nothing will probably happen for a couple of years, given the setback that we've seen. And we have a two year man cup agreement that will span between 2022 and 2023. Uh, but Doug and I are about the growth and development of the game. Uh, and uh, if it's viable economically and it's competitive uh, and good for the growth of our game, then I think it's anything is worth the discussion. All right, we want to thank you both uh, for coming on. Doug Louie from Major Series Lacrosse and Paul Del Monte from the Western Lacrosse Association, the commissioners of the two leagues that for now, as we just heard, are the ones competing for the Man Cup uh, for the foreseeable future. We appreciate uh, you taking the time to come on and, and sharing with us. And uh, we certainly all look forward to when we can be talking about things other than, than why things have to be canceled and when they can get going again. We want to talk about games with you. We know you do too. Uh, thank do. you for, for Tanner and I for coming on. Well, let's yeah. hope the next time we talk, it's about the coming season or we're in the middle of the great season or competing for a man cup. Then we'll have some uh, real good to talk about. 100%. All right. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thanks for having us on. Thanks good. guys. Hi, this is Jaden with Al Anderson Source for Sports. Excited to tell you that we got all our new lacrosse product in for this upcoming season. Whether you're playing box or field, our lacrosse experts are going to make sure we get you into the right equipment to elevate your game. At Al Anderson Source for Sports, we know our stuff. And welcome, lacrosse fans, to the rundown segment here on Lacrosse Link. 
Always a fun, interesting segment here as we dive into multiple topics. We share ideas, opinions. We butt heads sometimes. It all has to be done. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit the little bell so that you can stay in the loop and stay connected with Lacrosse Link and get updates when we update things. So we'll start off this segment here with the first topic. Ontario Lacrosse Association Senior B season is cancelled. Um, there's kind of been a do domino effect here throughout the Ontario Lacrosse Association with these leagues starting to drop and cancel seasons as time is sort of starting to shrink here on summer lacrosse. Uh, President's Cup, though, appears to still be a go for the other provincial uh, MAs that want to participate if allowed to. Snapper? So far. At any rate, right? We're all hoping yeah. that, uh, you know, the President's Cup will be a go. It doesn't bode well when Ontario, one of the you know biggest associations, one of the most, usually one of the most competitive teams is not going to be part of it. Um, we're obviously, it'd be great if something can go. But if the President's Cup falls, that leaves just the Minto trying to hang on and do something in terms of the regular Canadian lacrosse leagues. So uh, through the through the course of the summer. So that's uh, that's tricky. Um, let's hope. Let's keep our fingers crossed. We're going to move on to some field lacrosse and the Tawaritan Award finalists have been announced for NCAA lacrosse. And for the men, it's five attack players, Jared Bernhardt from Maryland, Jake Carraway from Georgetown, Chris Gray from North Carolina, Michael Sowers from Duke, and Pat Cavanaugh, the only non-senior grad student. He's a sophomore attack from Notre Dame. For the women, a little more diversity. You've got a defender and Lizzie Colson from Maryland, Taylor Moreno, a North Carolina goalie. Uh, Jamie Ortega is an attack from North Carolina. Izzy Skane from Northwestern an attack. And to me, the really exciting one, I think Charlotte North has been a lot of fun to watch this year from Boston College, the senior attack. Um, so the Twarton Award nominees are out. And that is exciting, Stamper. You know, with the NCAA season closing in, um, their hard work's paid off. They finally get to hoist some sort of plaque, memorabilia, medal, trophy at the end, or a Tawaritan award if you're lucky enough. And those athletes that you named are tremendous in this sport in the NCAA uh, down in the United States, and they are well deserving of that award. Speaking of Tawaritan, the Tawaritan Lacrosse League holding their draft this week. Stamper, you were a part of the process, which was pretty interesting. Um, and they're planning on an eight-day tournament, August 12th to 18th. So sort of like a Founders' Cup, President's Cup, uh, week-long lacrosse tournament, which is pretty exciting and gives us something to look forward to as we move into August. Yeah, you know, TLL was hoping – I did go on and do the little uh, the lottery draw for them, just give them a hand. Um, obviously, you want to support lacrosse when, whenever you can. The uh, – they were hoping to have a full season. They've gone for this shortened season, hoping to get that in. Uh, based on guidelines put out by Ontario this week, there might be some hope. That might be around the time that things can, can get going. Basically, if things go well, we all hit our vaccine targets. July 26th, the date that indoor sports could get going again in Ontario. The big question is, what's the ramp up? What do you need to do to be able to be ready to have a season or a tournament like that? and have the players all be safe and healthy. Uh, there is some other lacrosse still on the schedule for this summer, the World Juniors, uh, where we actually called a bunch of games a, a few years ago now, uh, will be scheduled for Winnipeg, uh, August 9th to 14th. 
And so far, six teams still on the schedule right now. We'll see if some of the uh, teams from Europe can get over. But uh, World Juniors also still on track at this point. And we'll keep our fingers crossed that things happen well. And uh, we're going Winnipeg. I'm pretty excited for that tournament, Stamper. It's a fun tournament to call, and it's a great showcase for these junior athletes. Um, some of the best players of their age come to play in that tournament and compete. And for the city of Winnipeg, this is an awesome opportunity to see the best junior players, as well as maybe get the idea brewing of professional lacrosse. Can it make its way to Winnipeg if this is su successful um, during August 9th to 15th? So that week's going to be action-packed with TLL and World Juniors. I'm pretty excited. And Lacrosse Canada awards D. McLeod the Lester B. Pearson Award. He spent 37 years as the Ontario Junior A Commissioner building that league up um, and helping it grow. He spent a lot of time giving back to Lacrosse Canada as a whole. This is a prestigious award and something that he can add to his accolades. He's very well deserving of this. And I wanted to congratulate him. He said personally that he was dumbfounded when he heard that he was chosen only one person each year gets gets this award, and this year it was him. Yeah, congratulations for sure to Dean McLeod. He's spent a lifetime in this sport as a player, as a coach, as an administrator. Just contributed a ton of, of his time and energy, so uh, well-deserved congratulations to Dean. And finally, we get to another man who's put a lot of his life and himself into the game of lacrosse again as a player, as a coach, and doing a lot now on an men and leadership side. Jordan Cornfield has been named the director of player personnel for Panther City Lacrosse Club. I think that's a nice ad. He's done some great stuff with the St. Albert Miners, um, played in the NLL, knows the game, knows players. He's just one of those smart lacrosse minds that is great to have in your organization. I have to agree. Jordan Cornfield with the Miners has won uh, national championships. He's played with the Rush. He's played with uh, many different teams. He brings a lot to the table here, and he's working alongside Tracy Kluski and Bob Hamley, who have a lot of experience. I think this trio is a dynamic trio that's really going to bring Panther City Lacrosse Club to the next level. So really exciting stuff down there in Fort Worth. And that concludes the rundown segment of our show Thanks so much for joining us here on this episode, second ever episode. And once again, hit the bell, get the notifications, like, share, tell your friends, make sure you're in the loop, make sure they're in the loop, and you won't miss out on any Lacrosse Link news or action as we update moving forward. Stamper, anything to add? Uh, no, I'm good. That was uh, a lot of fun again this week. And uh, one thing, hey, if you have something you think we should be including in here, shoot us a message. You can hit us up on the email on the website. You can uh, tweet at us. You can Instagram us. However you want to get in touch, Facebook. Uh, we're all over and we'd love to hear from you.